to no one's surprise, the Sharks lose, but I think they try to do it a little bit in an epic fashion, you know, giving us that that little bit of tease and then lose in the sharkiest of shark ways. But anyhow, we're going to talk about all that and more on this edition of Teal Town USA After Dark. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal teal together and interact with us, please follow us on all the social media. That would be the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, all the shenanigans on Discord. And check out the whole umbrella product that is tealtownusa.com. I am joined today by Ian. Ian, how are you doing this evening? Initial takes on this um, rewind or uh, what, 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 what do we call a rerun? <laughs> I, 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 it's great. It's it's amazing because like so many good things happened tonight. One, we got to watch like it was still an entertaining game, mm-hmm. right? And they lost, so team tank. Uh, two, the broadcast cannot talk about playoffs for the rest of the year now that they are mathematically eliminated. Thank God for that. Um, you know, so, I mean, look at a lot of good things happen tonight. Um, and, you know, a lot of bad things happen tonight and <laughs> Martin Jones happened tonight. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, I've been on an emotional roller coaster lately. I feel like this one was an emotional roller coaster and the team just doesn't know what it wants to do at any given moment. I feel like. It's just five dudes skating out there. You know what I mean? It's just five dudes. <laughs> you know, they'll play with each other if they want to. But most of the time, it's just the five dudes skating on the pond, you know, doing their thing. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it wasn't. I mean, it, it's it started off really bad. Like when yeah. when the game first started. I was concerned because I mean, they you know, they got but after they got the, the cane goal, which is really, really nice. Right. Colorado really controlled play for the rest of that period. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a, you know, this is going to be a long night. Like this game of the, the the trilogy so far, I thought this was the most entertaining of the three games that they played. Um, but if it stayed like it was in the, in the first period, that would not have been the case at all, obviously. Right. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think that the Sharks overall put up, I think, a better effort in the second period. I think that they came and um, executed a little bit better in the offensive zone. Um, Just how the broadcast was really, you know, gushing over Barbanov. um, Mm -hmm. I actually, I I mean, I thought he, he had a really good game. And, and I think for me, at least this is kind of maybe opened my eyes to a, extension for him or trying to keep him in the fold somehow I don't know you know coming from Toronto and then coming to San Jose you know he might want to be out um you know he he might not want to come back because 
you know, going from a hockey media market to, to here. Now, if he digs the area or whatever and Doug can, you know, do his magic, I, you know, I hope that he would stay. But what are your thoughts on him and, and maybe the, the shot at the Sharks being able to keep him? I, I mean, I think it's it's good, right? I mean, the Sharks have given him a chance to play NHL games, and I don't foresee him coming in at a steep price. So um, I think he's obviously made an impression on, on the coaching staff. Um, and I don't think the coaching staff is going to be just done after this season because, you know, I've, I've said before, like, how many coaches does Doug Wilson get to fire in three years? Right. Right. Um, so I think, you know, I think he's made a strong impression. I, I really like this play. I, I feel like he reminds me, and, and I know some people are going to be like, oh God, this is the worst thing Ian's ever said, but he reminds me a lot of like early Donskoy. Yeah. Like Donskoy's early games with the Sharks, he was seemed to just be involved in everything, right? He just has a motor that just keeps going and going and going like an energizer bunny. I think a, like he's a little involved bit more in creative. I, I feel like. Yes. He's... Okay. Yeah, for sure. But I, but I feel like like early Donsquay, like why a lot of people really, really liked Donsquay at the start is because he just seemed like he was involved in everything. Yeah. Anytime things were going well for the Sharks, it seems like Barabanov's in the mix there. And obviously, and look, he's playing on a great line too that, you know, playing playing with um, Hurdle and Kane certainly helps. Um, you know, yeah. and, I, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away from what Barabanov's done because he's been really, really good. Um, but obviously, you know, being on that line, they've really, really clicked. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, he's a guy that I, I think he's made an impression. And I think, look, at if you if he's going to stick around and, and he obviously doesn't want to be in the AHL, um, you could do a lot worse than signing again with the Sharks. Because I think he has a good chance to to make this team out of camp next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a better than than good chance. Um, and, and right now the Sharks need to take stock of what they have. And I, I think he's a he's a piece that, you know, could be useful going forward. So we'll see. Um, hopefully the Sharks can can get something figured out and whoever is going to be running the team, um, you know, we'll we'll take a look. But um, <clears throat> Rob, thank you for the super chat donation. Jones is out of here. Um, he should yeah, be. He should be. Um, SG twenty twenty one. Uh, thank you for your donation. How can the Sharks bounce back from today's loss? Well, I think we actually have to talk about how will this franchise bounce back from the year, right? I think, you know, as Ian said, this marks officially the end of the Sharks playoff chances. Mathematically, yeah. they are eliminated. So I believe that we can, you know, uh, kind of have a little bit of a postmortem now, um, now that it's kind of, you know, in in stone. Um, Burge, thank you. Um, do you, uh, do any of you guys, including Pucknologist, have any doubt that Doug Wilson's come back next year? Also, is Hasso, oh, also since Hasso is stuck in Germany, question mark. Yeah, I look, here's, here's the thing, right? And I, and I've pontificated on this a bajillion times, but the, the thing, I don't foresee anything happening to Doug Wilson, at least not after this season. I think if Hasso was going to do something, like what I would like this offseason is going to tell us a lot about the Sharks, in my opinion, especially about Hasso Plattner as an owner, because if I'm Hasso Plattner at this point, I'm bringing in a guy that's parallel to Doug Wilson in the hockey side of things, because right now, Doug Wilson is Hasso Plattner's hockey guy. Um, he has no other opinions. Everybody that's in place in that organization, they're all Doug Wilson guys. 
Right. So, uh, if if I'm Hasso Plattner, I make that seat a little warmer. I bring in a parallel guy. I don't think he's going to just completely gut the front office and and just you know. I mean, he might, but I don't see it. I I don't I don't feel like that's going to be what happens. It's like um, it's it's kind of like the the Brian Burke like fix it right you know where he goes on top of tree living over in calgary or you know then he goes on top of you know where's he at now he's he's a um penguins right i think he's like some kind of you know he's this uh vice president of hockey ops over there so it's like right you bring somebody above him to kind of like or parallel you, or, or parallel. you bring someone who's, who's on a parallel level but you you bring in a guy who you know you're gonna get a second opinion from and then that way, if the domino does fall, then you have something set up. The problem with the Sharks right now is that if you fire Doug Wilson, they're all still Doug Wilson's guys. So how much is going to change by just firing Doug Wilson or promoting Doug Wilson out of his job, which is more likely what's going to happen? Right. I you, we, we did go over the the idea of the promotion and who would then kind of take up the spot? But then again, you're you're absolutely right insofar as the team has a lot of Doug Wilson guys, including his son, right? Who who is apparently the heir apparent, and you know it's like if you bring somebody to you know to replace Doug in that GM spot while Doug goes upstairs. Um, is that a slight to his son in some kind of way? I, I would hope not, but then no, again, we're, so. we're, but I, I'm, I I'm just know, saying that there's the problem, all these right? kind of like, ties. Exactly. But my the, concern the is with Doug ties. Wilson going up, like say you promote Doug Wilson out of his job because those are all Doug Wilson guys. How much influence is Doug Wilson still going to have over that old process? That's, that's my concern. It's not that I don't think that Doug Wilson jr. Would be a bad GM. In fact, I think the, the Sharks, I get, you know, and I've said this a bunch of times too, you know, if you look at the the most recent drafts where you can see the, where Doug Wilson Jr. kind of took over. And I think that there's definitely been an improvement. Oh, time will have to bear this out. We've been high on draft classes before, um, you know, so there will be more time needed to bear this out, but it's more positive. The problem is, is that I think the Sharks need someone to come in and look at everything from like this organization from top to bottom development, scouting, you know, you name it, it needs a look. And I don't know if that happens if, you know, you promote Doug Wilson out of his job. And I think that's what happens. Like in, in my heart of hearts, I believe that Doug Wilson gets promoted out of his job. He probably promotes his son to GM, but I think he still has too much influence at that point. I, I yeah. really if if the Sharks are really, you know, if Hasso Plattner is really serious about none of this being acceptable, which we don't know um, because Hasso doesn't really speak up. And I don't think it's I, I don't believe that it's that Hasso doesn't care. I, I think he cares. I just it's hard because, again, like this, this organization doesn't really say much mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. So it's really hard. Like right now, you know, like we could we could sit here, we could, you know, go up and down saying this is what should happen. But I have no idea what's going to happen next year. Why? Because this team never says anything. Yeah. So who knows what the plan is? Yeah. And I think that that's for a lot of season ticket holders, for a lot of fans of the team, you know, just for the general health of the franchise, you would you would hope that they would have 
a little bit more clarity a la you know New York Rangers you know what I mean coming out with a with a statement of of intent basically and I don't know if it's the team is in denial or if it's you know they're concerned with selling tickets or Mm -hmm. what have you but it's clear to me that there seems to be a lot of dry rot within this house um ian and what you're talking about is is going through and doing a thorough examination a thorough inspection of the house right checking for termites from the foundation up and i think that the foundation is is rotten on this team we've had plenty of you know and again i don't want to like take this show in like a bajillion different directions but you know i've always been very critical of this team's development right you know and and drafting to an extent but i mean you have to develop the players you draft right and the sharks have done have had a hard time with that any player that has spent you know like spending too much time it was you know worcester before and now the barracuda you spend too much time down there you're done yeah yeah and oh boy i mean we're talking we're talking not only a area of, of development in which it's basically development hell, right? You go down there and, and obviously you're not really improving your skill set. But then when you do come up to the big club, you have dysfunction, right? Yeah. And so it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think for the Sharks' young prospects, the best thing to do is keep them in their junior leagues or whatever and, and try not to expose them to the organization yet. Um, but I, I think like you had said, it's, it's time for a systematic inspection of everything, but do I think that that's going to happen? I, I, I honestly don't think so. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced that, you know, Hasso Plotner and Doug Wilson have a, some kind of unique connection or unique uh, ability to work with each other. That, that he's not going to want to go away from that. Well, I think again, it, it's I think there's a there's a level of familiarity there, right? Like a lot of right. people are like, oh well, you know, um, he's over in Germany, probably can't come over right now, whatever. But like, this dude's like, this guy makes, you know, this guy's net worth is like what nine billion dollars or something stupid. Yeah. Right. Like. It's you. He has the technology to to keep up on what's going on over here. I don't think it's like he's like sitting on a yacht somewhere and has no idea what's happening here. Exactly. Like, there, there's you know like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to defend him. I just think that this idea that you know it's just like he just doesn't care. Like I, I don't think that's the case. I just think it's hard to. I understand why this happens because again, it goes back to what I said. This organization as a whole especially on the hockey side, you know, I mean, obviously I think, I think Becker does a good job of, of, of getting involved with the fans, but for a lot of the time, you know, but they don't really give you answers. They never give you answers. Right. They right? say, they say a bunch of things without, you know, without so, saying anything, saying anything. Exactly. Right. And <sighs> yeah. So I guess kind of going from there, then we, we kind of analyze the top and we both feel pretty similarly around this. So let's go into the next layer in the, the players themselves and, and the players that, you know, are on this team and and like it or not, 
have contracts that dictate that they will stay on this team. Going into the offseason, I think everybody has circled Martin Jones's name with a bullseye. And sure. I think tonight's performance is the final whack in that coffin. It really should be at this point, right? I mean, at this point now, now that they now that they they can't even joke about or pretend that you know oh, we're actually trying to make the playoffs, so we gotta we gotta start our best guys and do this and this and this, you know, like now that that whole freaking charade is finally over, call kid call kids up. Who cares? You got like what? How many games left? Four or five? Six? Uh, four, four, four even better <laughs> you have four games left like who cares at this point right just play kids see what you have whatever martin jones look at the thing that really annoys me with the martin jones discourse because i get a lot of like because i've been on this you know martin jones needs to be bought out you know i've been on this train all, all year yeah. and and the one response i always get is oh well well, you think that's going to solve all the problems? No, I don't think that buying out Martin Jones is going to solve all the problems. But it solves a problem. Like, don't you have to start somewhere? Like, there's not going to be one move that go, bang, this team's a contender now, right? Like, that is not going to happen. So you have to start somewhere. And that, to me, is the most logical place to start. Does the bio penalty is it is it amazing? It's not great, but it's not terrible. Like Seattle's not taking Martin Jones, right? Like <laughs> no, I think there was a report that they were looking at um, the the one of the senators' kids. Um, like like apparently yeah. people think that you know people people think Seattle watches as much hockey as Hasso Plattner apparently because they think that Jones is you know oh maybe Seattle take Jones. Seattle's not taking six million dollars. Oh well, not quite six but close enough like of martin jones give me a break uh sg 2021 i think you'll get from both of us and appreciate the the donation Absolutely. Uh, i don't think that that playoffs are realistic for the next three years that and that's that's me being optimistic i i mean i don't think that there's there's a solution for for next year for sure like yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 it's hard to say because like, there's so much, there's so much like next year will kind of give us an idea of what the hell's going on with this team. I don't want to prognosticate longer than next year. Cause I think next year is going to be a really a vital turning point. They're going to decide what the hell they're doing. Ideally, hopefully. Right. Um, they're either a, they're going to, stay the course which then yes i agree with you then they are not going to be contenders for a while or b they're going to start moving bricks around and hopefully you know trying to to plug some holes and then maybe you know maybe they can turn around it quicker is it very likely no i don't think so and i think that there's going to be problems in the pacific division that are going to be that are going to be problematic for them i think there's going to be teams that are going to start rising soon um, that or are going to have start not already or yeah, yeah they're, they're going to come, you know, there's teams that are going to start coming out of their rebuilds. Um, you know, there's a, there's a team in LA that I think is going to be scary in a couple of years. I think they're going to be scary next year to be, they might be, to be frank. I, you know, if they play Byfield a little bit more and you know, they are a little bit more consistent from their young guys, oof, that's that. And then still have Kopitar who's, 
you know, a serviceable two, three in this stage of his career. Like I've. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it does not look good. So, yeah. I mean, again, I want to see what happens. Like, do I, you know, I, there's, there's nothing that they can do in this off season. That's going to, to, to write the ship. Right. Yeah. There's not you know, one it's, cure it's all gonna during be, this. It's going to be times like, ideally this team should go into a rebuild, but those contracts are going to make that very, very difficult. Yes. Uh, Jerry F. Thank you. Special shout out. Uh, he used the Venmo. So uh, if you guys hey, not have you. already check that out, it's uh, at Teal Town USA on Venmo. Um, that's a, our preferred platform only because, you know, Google likes to take a little bit of the cut on the YouTube chat. But uh, anyhow, you know, we really appreciate anything that you guys do for us. It goes right back into the show and we're happy to do it for all of you guys and gals and you know, we'll kind of keep breaking this thing down. Well, I guess we have a, a game to kind of go through, so let's just quickly run through it. Um, uh, tonight, Evander Kane opens up the scoring unassisted, uh, picking out the loose change, Ian. That nice, uh, great, great play, good goal. Yep. Um, you know, Barabanov, again, like this guy just continues to impress. I think should have gotten an assist on this one, but, uh, you know, they, they saw to um, make it an unassisted goal. So uh, Evander Kane with his 21st on the season. Evander Kane, probably the most consistent forward this season outside of a three-week span early in January. Um, and, you know, very much a key part of the, of, of the team's uh, point production this year. Miko Rantanen, though, ties it up within two minutes. And, and Miko Rantanen, it's 29th, McKinnon, and Landeskog. You know that those three were going to be in on scoring tonight. Yeah, I mean, the the Avs have completely eaten the Sharks on offensive zone faceoffs um, yeah. just in the past few games. Um, I thought Jones made a good initial save. Yeah, the rebound, you know, he, he did cough with a pretty juicy rebound there. I just, and I understand that Rantanen's a really good player, and I understand that he's very fast, but it just surprised, I don't think, to me, and don't worry, I'll bury Jones later, but to me, he can't be the first one to that puck. Right. Right? right. The, the, like the, the wingers. save defenseman should clean that up. Yeah, no, I mean the the the, the wingers does not be defensive. You're right. Exactly. No, but I I'm I'm exactly with you. That it it seems like the team gives up on faceoffs lately, and and I, I, you know I, you get when you've got, look when you've got Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Rantanen on the same line, and they pull it back, these guys are so locked in. It's takes them tenths of a second to know where each other are it takes you know an equal amount of time to kind of get everything set up and you know kind of getting them set up in in how they're going to attack the net and then within say four to five seconds a shot's coming off and it seemed like the sharks were unprepared for the level of finesse the level of skill that those three have and clearly outmatched on that one um really didn't um sell out in the defensive zone for that one uh, on the wingers and um and yeah i mean you get you get stuff like that so in that first period uh, shots on goal 13-5 i mean it was kind of pathetic it was harlem globetrotters uh, again oh yeah it was i i thought oh this is gonna be a long night <laughs> yeah yeah 
Uh, and it turned out to be a long night, but uh, just in a different way. So in that second period, the Sharks, uh, you know, really flipped the script. Felt like, mm-hmm. you know, they really put in their their hard hats and did really well with the um, offensive zone chips. I thought that they went and their four check was really bearing down on the um, the Avalanche um, uh, defenseman. Um, and and you can you can kind of pin them back. They're kind of a little bit more offensively oriented. So if they don't make that first outlet pass, they kind of start to, you know, circle around in their own zone a little bit that you can get them running them. Uh, in there, I, I think, and I think, and I, think the, I think the Avalanche got a little complacent too. I mean, yeah. you're, you, you know what I like. They, they've the I mean, the, those two games in Colorado, they toyed with the Sharks. Yeah, they absolutely toyed with the Sharks. Oh yeah, right? that first and one I think that, that we they did kind with Mark, of it was you know, and I think when you're on a run like they are, like you're you're confident, right? And maybe you get a little, you know, maybe you get a little complacent. I think they got a little complacent in in the second in the Sharks. You know, I mean, they're not playing for much, but at you know, but at the same time, like they're competitive. Like they're all they're all competitive guys, right? Like no one plays in this league to lose. Right. Like teams, like players don't tank. Teams absolutely tank. Players don't. You just put the you know you just put a crappy collection of players on the ice, and that's the end result, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so in that second period, you know, Tomas Hurdle basically capitalized on a brain fart. Um, you know, they tried to clear the zone. Like I said, if they didn't make, you know, that was the first outlet pass, it hit somebody in the skate and then Tomas Hurdle was doing his best for checking and came in, swooped in, put a, uh, the shot on the backhand, really beautiful goal waiting out Grubauer and, uh, you know, the Sharks reclaimed the lead. And then five minutes later, you've got Evander Kane with his 22nd on the season hurdle and, uh, bar, uh, Barbara, uh, Barabanov. Barabanov, thank you. Um, Barabanov do a great job setting that one up, and uh, Evander, you know, just kind of bulls to the net and is able to, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, get a little bit of, of a backhand on it, and, you know, it was a really good goal, the type of goal that the that that, that, that line should be scoring, right? You should be getting it on, on net, and then the two power forwards crash the net, and I think that that kind of is a recipe for how you're going to get offense from that line yeah i mean like those that line has been fantastic like if you're looking for for bright spots right now i mean that's it right um yep and those guys you know i think again i think barabanov's gonna be a guy that probably comes back i think the sharks are gonna want to bring him back i don't think the number is gonna be too high where they can't and i don't think you know no one's gonna i don't think anyone's gonna kick down his door with like a huge you know, three by three offer or anything like that. So, um, no, I think, you know, it's at least you have something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, but then going into that third period, I mean, they just, they poked the bear, um, Valerie Nuchushkin a minute and 18 seconds in, uh, scores a goal. It gets them within one, um, Timo Meyer then answers back with uh, Burns and Ferraro doing some really nice um, uh, passing to each other on the blue line, and then you know Timo kind of coming in and placing that shot in the left hand corner. Good to see Timo get on the board, but man, talk about a guy who has been inconsistent this year. You know, going from vilified to whatever to. Now I don't know what the hell he is. And 
yeah, I mean, I guess it's good that he gets a goal, but at this point, I, I think he's kind of already sealed the narrative for his season. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it hasn't been a great season for Timo Meyer, but I think that, you know, and I'm not trying to, like, make excuses for him or anything because, no. like, I think, you know, his shooting percentage is down. He has made some really questionable he's you know he's he shot from really questionable places um this season i think um and i feel like that's kind of been timo's thing when things stop going well he just starts shooting from everywhere which works in the queue but it doesn't work in the nhl right um and you know what like i think it needs to be said um you know timo meyer is not a guy who's going to drive play by himself and the fact that Logan Couture hasn't been Logan Couture for large stretches of the season, that has that has to have some effect on Timo Meyer. I I totally agree with you. I think one, I think a lot of people, because of where he was drafted and the the players that were around him, expected him to be, you know, right a couple of clicks below Phenom, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, the team, and I think us as fans had a little bit of a deceived notion of what he is at this point. He's complimentary at best. I think he's, he's better than this. Like, I do think he's better than he's been this season. He's, he's a better player than this. I do believe that problem is, is, and I know, Jerk's going to yell at me in the chat, but this is a guy who's going to, who could just sign a $10 million qualifying offer this summer. And he's not that good. And he's even at his best. He's not that good. Right. Right. And that's that. And that is the, that is the, the cloud hanging over Timo Myers. It's not only is he like, I, you know, I know a lot of people want to launch him into the sun with Jones. I don't think that that's the play. I mean, if you could trade, if you can, if you can get value back from him in a trade, then maybe you consider that. But to just completely walk away from him, like, would be asinine. I'm wondering if maybe they might swing a deal with Seattle, and Timo that might be the qualifying offer, though. Man, I don't know. And there's nothing to say that he just signs his qualifying offer. He could take another deal. Right. So I know Jerk's gonna yell at me. Uh, any minute now but yeah. it's you know it's it's scary for sure like yeah. it's it's definitely it's you definitely add that to the list of of marks against doug wilson at this point in my opinion yeah no i agree i agree um and then of course the sharks implode upon themselves which is normal and par for the course this time it's gabriel landeskog with his 19th on the season McKinney. okay so i need to explain something for for Jesus. steve because he's in the chat asking uh, what's the 10 million dollar qualifying offer i don't think i'm understanding so what happens is is the way because it was under the old cba so what happens is the last year of timo's deal he's making his cap hit is i think what six but he's making yeah, six, i think 10 million dollars in five. real in real dollars okay so he's made 10 million dollars in real money this year although be, you know obviously because of the, it's back loaded so the the cap hits lower back so back loaded and signing bonus i think has partly to do with that too right right so here's the so here's so here's the issue with that under the old cba basically what happens is for your qualifying offer your qualifying offer can't be 
lower than the value of the last dollar amount of your deal. With Timo Meyer, that's $10 million. So what happens is, is in order for the Sharks to maintain Timo Meyer's rights, they have to give him what's called a qualifying offer. Now, generally, the qualifying offer is just a formality that you take to basically retain a player's rights. Now, that player has the option to just sign the qualifying offer and boom, he's done. Now, most times when players are, are under restricted free agency, they generally, their qualifying offer usually isn't this high, so they don't just sign their qualifying offer. They have an agent, you know, they they hash out a deal. Now, if he signs his qualifying offer, that's one year, that's one more year at $10 million. And then they'd have to sign a new deal um, after that. The problem is, is if you're, again, now this isn't to say this is going to happen. Timo Meyer could you know, not be a dick and, you know, say, okay, I'll negotiate down to something and get more years, obviously, right? Because if you're you're an NHL player, you can take the $10 million up front for one year and then really burn the bridge, you know, completely poison the well. Or maybe you come down and you sign another, you know, six by six or something, right? And I'm not saying that's what Timo should get. I'm just using that as an example, right? Would you rather the $10 million up front or the, you know, the $36, the $36 million in a six by six? Decisions, decisions, right? But that is the, that is the qualifying offer. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I, beautifully put. I think you're exactly, you're on the money with that. <laughs> and it's scary. It's a scary position for the Sharks to be in. So We'll have to see where that drama leads us this uh, this off season, and where it's going to go from there. My uh, Anthony Sanchez kind of bringing up a good point. Meyer is a new Steve Bern Bernier. Doesn't uh, I mean it's 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 similar. Here's again. Here's like again. I'm not. I'm not completely like I will. I I absolutely has Meyer had a not good season. Absolutely, but like I'm just. I'm not completely ready to write him off yet like you know and that but that's the problem right um i I don't know i am not completely ready to completely write him off at this point i think that yes he's had a bad year but a bad year is not a bad career make like you know i i know people like well you're so hard on martin jones yeah martin jones had three bad years like right (laughs) like we've had enough you know we have enough information now like this could be a one-off for Timo Meyer, and then you know who knows like I'm hoping like I like Timo Meyer. I hope that next season he comes back and he's great but you know if this continues then yeah then you gotta obviously be concerned exactly exactly um so after... so 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 AJ saying who would give him 10 million though the problem isn't that someone else would give him 10 million the problem is is that by not giving Timo Meyer a qualifying offer at 10 million, his $10 million qualifying for you make him an unrestricted free agent, which is at this point for a guy that young and who's done what he's done. Like that's absolutely brutal asset management at that point. Like it's a, it's a, it's a rock and a hard place for sure, but you can't just, you can't just lose him for nothing. You can just make him a free agent and let him sign anywhere else. Like, it's just terrible asset management. Right. I mean, but 
I guess they could make him an unrestricted free agent and then circle back to him, right? <sighs> but, I mean, that's a hell of a gamble, but... Um, that's a hell of a gamble. Exactly, exactly. Because so, I think someone... Because someone, I think... If you made Timo Meyer an unrestricted free agent, someone's going to roll the dice. Someone with more cap space than you is going to roll the dice. Yeah. Or he could be an offer sheet candidate, maybe. If if somebody wanted to be a real, you know, dick no, about no, no, because what are you gonna what are you gonna offer him that's better than ten million on his qualifying offer? Well, that's true. I guess longer term, but. You know, let's say somebody offers him seven just, by eight. Yeah, you just you can't like it's, it's it's again, it goes back to asset management, right? You can't just lose them for nothing. Like I understand everyone's really sour at Timo Meyer right now. And I get it. I'm not trying to defend Timo Meyer. Like I think he's again, he's had a really bad season. Would you have to, you know, would you would you have we I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, you can't just, you can't give him up for nothing. Like, you have to, you have to try and do something with that asset. Yeah. You're because he's right. too young. Like, you don't, like, he's still, okay, so, you know, were there guys in the in, in that draft you would have taken over him? For sure. But is he still a first-round player in that draft? Yeah. You're going to give up a first-round pick for nothing, whether it's a earlier, later, mid, or whatever? Like, you can't just let that player walk for nothing. Right. Period. Right. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right, and and that's what's that's the scariest part about it, right? It's because of the, of the value of the asset, and that <laughs> you kind of hosed yourself at this point. So, I mean, right. at at this point, you know, the kind of reflects the the play on the ice. Nazem Kadri with his eleventh unassisted, uh, another Jones. Gaff and you know in a long line of them but I don't think that, that was even the the cherry on top of this shit Sunday uh we go to overtime 41 seconds in and uh Andre Burakovsky from Makar and Rantanen throws I would say a halfway innocent shot on goal maybe has a little bit more pepper on it than than expected but just squeaks right through him ends into the goal yeah I mean Martin Jones Martin Jones gave this game away on a platter yeah. on a platter yeah. there's the I, I don't know how I you know and I've been like I don't know how anyone I don't know how anyone defends Martin Jones at this point yeah I don't know how anyone I don't know like I'm I'm just the dude that watches on his computer and then comes on the internet and talks about it I don't I you know uh, my financial uh, investment in the team isn't as significant I can't understand anyone who would pay money if he's still on the team next year. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I explain that to me if you can. And and look at maybe, you know, love of the team. I get it. But like, I don't, I, I don't want to watch Martin Jones in goal on, on my maybe not so legitimate stream. <laughs> you like, I, I don't even think it's that. I think at this point, Ian, you're just putting him at, I mean, it, it, he's a liability at this point, right? I mean, and he is most nights going to be a net negative on a wins above replacement. 
You know what I mean? If if we were going to pull the old baseball stat, and I think that they're actually they're coming up with a war or trying to come up with a war in hockey, but yeah, they're working on it. Um, but I think he would be yeah a net negative at least a a negative four on average probably four games a year that would you would say that he's going to cost you. And this was and this was one of them. And I you know I'm I'm. I'm with you, man. It's it's three years of steady decline, and it's not even like there's dips and valleys. It's just straight off a cliff. And yeah, I, I, and you know, it's like you know, I mean, there's there still has there there's been a couple peaks, but I find the peaks get smaller and smaller every year, and the valleys get wider and wider. They're there still. Yeah, but but, but I mean. The, show me a goalie who doesn't do that right yeah you're right i think i i think the guy that i would hold up for but longevity are that goalie's not making six million dollars no no i mean tuka rask is the guy that i would say right and and tuka is definitely not making six million dollars so he's more than that flurry's more than that so i mean you know yeah outside of the what top five or six goalies in the league you know it's it's a lot of variation from year League to year. Average goaltending would make such a difference, and right. you know, and there's a good, there's a good question in the chat. Um, okay, you let Jones go. Where's the money coming from? You're not again. You you can't fix everything in one summer, right? But you can you can find a stopgap until you find that guy and arrange things around so that when that guy becomes available, you can strike. That's the that's what you do. But in order to get to that point, you got to start moving guys around. And yeah, you're going to plug in some stop gaps. And yeah, it's, you know, again, there's no, there's no easy solution here. There's no flip a switch in this team's a Stanley Cup contender again. Like it's going to take time, but you have to start making the moves to do that. You can't just, woe is me, ride it out until, you know, and just, and keep doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, you know, again, League average goal, like league average goaltending, nine ten save percentage would make such a difference. Oh yeah, oh yeah, would make such a difference. It it, it would have been the difference tonight, but again, you know the Sharks continually, you know, shoot themselves in the foot, and this is the result. So, um, with that being said, we are running a little long on time. We're at forty one minutes, so. Uh, well, let's get this wrapped up. I'm going to throw it to Puck Guy, who was luckily able to make it to the tank tonight. Uh, had a little bit of an update for us, and we will get out of here after that. So let's see if uh, Landy can get this going here. Uh, okay, let's pull it up from the desktop, and here's Puck Guy. All right. Hey, Landy. Hey, Ian. Uh, Puck guy here at the Shark Tank is uh, an experience, not to say the least, to be back in the tank the first time in nearly 15 months uh, with all the social distance guidelines and everything going on here. Uh, unfortunately, uh, just an absolute classic dun, collapse dun, by dun. the Sharks tonight. Uh, but the crowd was into it. Really I, I just want to throw out something. Um, I've been, I've been messaging on Twitter and I've been correct. For some reason, I, I keep uh, thinking that Timmy's deal's up this year. He has two more years left on his deal before his $10 million long offer. So that, that's, that's, a, that's a problem to kick down the road a little longer. So maybe you can make a move there. Uh, 
but overall the experience well thought out well maintained socially distanced and I, everything. there's so many guys up this really year good. i just thought he was one of them uh, but, uh, nope just the rest of the team all the guidelines okay. really seriously here uh and it was easy to get in easy to get out uh and uh you know unfortunately a, a good game just gets spoiled by a horrific overtime goal which i know you guys are going to be talking about so with that uh guy reporting from the tank if you haven't gotten a chance to get your if you're able to wear a mask in the game, come on down. I would highly suggest it. So with that, I'll send it back to you guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Puck Guy. And I'm sorry for oh, I having... cannot hear Puck Guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oopsie. Um, yeah, we tried to to pull him up, but I guess that's our overlay. So at least we got the audio from, from Puck Guy, so that's nice. Uh, basically just kind of telling us that... Uh, you know, it was a good experience, kind of easy to get in and out, but a frustrating game for sure. Uh, so, Ian, um, let's get your final thoughts and uh, where the people can find you. And um, yeah, what are you doing these days? Uh, not a whole lot. We got to do the. We got to reach around. We got the Venmo. Got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> we got a Venmo. Okay, so we got to do a reach around. All right, uh, let's pull that up. Okay, uh, well, I guess we're going to go ahead and do this uh, the right way. <laughs> Ian, you want to start us off with the scores tonight? Uh, yeah, all right. So um, let's start in... Dun, 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 dun. Florida beats the Dallas Stars uh, 5-4 in overtime. Um, Dallas is trying to uh, get back into the playoff, and they've done a really hell of a job there but uh they're in a complete dogfight with nashville and that loss definitely doesn't help i mean a point helps but a win would help more uh buffalo gets a rare win in new york uh four to two over the islanders boston bruins shut out the new jersey devils three nothing uh washington new york crazy ass game there washington wins six three but no one's gonna be talking about that game obviously uh <laughs> um Tom Wilson um, just loses his mind, goes absolutely berserk. Um, Elliot Friedman tweeted out just before we went on air that there's the, that they don't think that Panarin is going to be playing again for the rest of the season, whether that's including playoffs or not. I, I'm not sure. Um, but like Tom Wilson, Jesus, like, oh, this guy needs to be, this guy needs the Rafi Torres treatment. Uh, Yeah. I think, you know, you, you got away with a questionable, you got away pretty cleanly on the last little incident at the beginning of the season. And now you get this, uh, I don't see a, a pathway out of a long suspension. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be, I I'm setting the, I think someone, I, I put out a thing like what would be the over under. And I feel like, Someone tweeted 10-5, and I think that's like that's a good place to set the over-under, so place your bets. I'm taking the over. Um, Philadelphia uh, having an absolutely dreadful season. 7-2 uh, uh, victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. So even when you're having a crappy season, it's always nice to beat your rivals. Um, Philly did that uh, convincingly. Uh, Carolina, who I think is going to be uh, that that playoff like the central playoffs that's the ones i want to watch man because those are going to be some games uh carolina beats the chicago blackhawks by a 5-2 score uh nashville uh 
picks up the win over Columbus in overtime uh, to obviously help keep their their margin uh, over the Dallas Stars, trying to hold on to that last playoff spot after um, being a complete disaster early in the season. Montreal beats the Leafs uh, three to two in overtime. Ottawa beats Winnipeg two to one. St. Louis three one over the Anaheim Ducks, which is why the Sharks are now eliminated and they are. I mean, they're as long as they don't completely crap the bed, they should put uh, Arizona away in a couple of games too to secure that last spot. And the Minnesota Wild beat the Vegas Golden Knights by a score of six to five. And that is your wraparound. Oh, yeah. We also forgot the Kings and Coyotes. The Kings uh, beating the Coyotes three to two games. Yeah. Which I think, like you had said, combined with that win from St. Louis, it's we're starting to hear the hammer being put yeah, down. Yeah, the Coyotes are done, done, done. Um, and Edmonton, uh, Connor McDavid has 22 points in the last seven games. <laughs> I thought my point totals were silly when I play NHL 21, but apparently Connor McDavid does it in real life. So uh, amazing. Like the guy's going to probably hit 100 points, and it's just stupid. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone's done that much. Like, I don't think, I, I can't remember anyone having that many points in 50 games since like it's got to be like Gretzky Lemieux and him and Connor McDavid like with those gaudy point totals after 50 games just stupid stupid yeah yeah he makes the uh he makes the league look uh like his plaything. so anyhow in case if you missed it you can catch us on all of the social media uh venues that being Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, the YouTube replay, of course, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and always at TealTownUSA.com. I am Eric Landy, and I'm here to tell you to keep it real, to keep it teal, to keep it real teal. Thank you, everybody, and have a great night.